Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Welcome back to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and today we will be having a conversation around message number two of our series, uh, our series entitled Finding Your Way Back to God. On Sunday, our goal was to answer this key question, how do we live on earth like we'll live in heaven? So Pastor Christian, in our study of Colossians chapter 3, Paul gets really practical on what it means to be a Christian. Uh, We have to practice what you call spiritual math. I love that. We have to subtract or take away things, and then we have to add things to our life. Uh, Pastor Christian, which of these have you seen or personally experienced to be more difficult to do, and which one has been most fulfilling for you? Those are two really good questions. So this series, you know, Finding Your Way Back to God, really I feel like we've mistitled this series. Now that we're two weeks into it, I really feel like this series is really much more about walking with God um, than finding your way back to God. But, you know, the whole thought of Colossians 3 is, listen, if you don't walk closely with God, you're going to walk away. Um, So maybe we are preemptively helping people not have to find their way back to God. So this is a really good question. Which is harder to, or which is, which has been more impactful for me to add things or to take things away? You know, I've always heard the question, would you rather be someplace that was really hot or really cold? And I've always chosen in that scenario, really cold, because you can keep putting more stuff on. It's easier to put stuff on at some point in time. You can't take anything else off, right? When you're in a hot climate for me, I found that it's a lot harder for me to subtract my earthly nature than for me to add my spiritual nature, uh, right? Like, like Jesus comes in one size fits all. Jesus wants to totally, you know, have control over my spirit in my life. Uh, and it, it's, it's me who limits that, not him. Um, so to, so to have Jesus added to my life, there's so many positive things you can do. Read your Bible, learn how to pray, memorize scripture, learn how to worship, serve at church, go on a mission trip. Like there's an endless list of things you can add to your faith that will allow you to have a spiritual nature. But man, that hardwired DNA that's in your life, that hardwired original sin that Romans chapter five talks about, and then Paul expands upon in Romans chapter seven, when he said, man, the things I never want to do I do the things I always want to do. I don't do. And he said, man, I feel like I'm cursed in this body sometimes because no matter how how much Bible reading you add to your life, you're still tempted. No matter how much prayer you add to your life, the flesh still reacts. So I feel like the Apostle Paul, when you say, is it easier to add or subtract? It's easier to add. For me, it's harder to subtract because there's a lot of times in the midst of a, a great spiritual season my flesh will creep up and I'll think I'm cursed. Like I I just can't wait to get out of this earthly body that is stained and corrupted and cursed by sin and one day be in my heavenly dwelling that is free from sin. So for me, easier to add than subtract. Um, But man, I wish wish that I could subtract easier. I think a lot of us can relate to that. Um, Pastor Christian, um, as we try to live on earth like we would live in heaven— or trying to subtract our earthly nature and add a spiritual nature. Can you can you discuss how important it is to have someone to come alongside of you to help you in this process? Yeah, so really interesting way you phrase that question in the English language. How important is it to have somebody who comes alongside you? Uh, Jesus in John chapter 16 
tells his disciples that he's going to heaven. But he said, unless I go to heaven, the comforter won't come to be with you. The word comforter there, Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit, is the Greek word paraclete. It means to come alongside one. Jesus said, listen, there's no way you can make it on earth without me unless I send the Holy Spirit to come alongside you. So it's it's impossible. I mean, according to Jesus, it's impossible to have a spiritual nature without the Holy Spirit coming alongside of us. But then you look back to what the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, said. We looked a little bit at Ecclesiastes 4 in this message. Um, One is going to fall. He said, though one may fall. I mean, one is going to fall. He said, two can more easily defend themselves. A cord of three is not quickly broken. When you look at spiritual things, you're going to fall. The question is, Solomon says, woe to the man who has no one to help him up. Um, In any important thing in my life spiritually, addition or subtraction, anything I've ever added that is stuck has been because of an accountability partner or a mentor or a friend who's held me accountable, who's coached me through it, who's helped me learn how to do it, who's done it with me. Um, In any subtraction in my life, of some deep-rooted DNA flesh in me, my dysfunction, right? I talked about our upcoming series, My Dysfunctional Family. My dysfunctional family starts with my dysfunction, right? Anytime that's ever been removed even a little bit, it's been because of my wife. It's been because of my kids. It's been because of my coaches. It's been because of my counselor. Um, so there's been no good thing ever added to me There's been no bad thing ever really taken out of me without someone coming alongside. First, the Holy Spirit to help me realize, hey, you need this. Hey, you got to get rid of this. And then a physical person who's come alongside me and helped me. Nothing good's been added. Nothing bad's been taken without a a partner in ministry and a partner in life coming along to, to help. So you mentioned the word accountability. And this past Sunday, we discussed four practical ways to take off our earthly nature. And they all start with the letter A. One of those is accountability. Um, one is address what needs to be changed. Admit to somebody close to you um, and acknowledge it. And I didn't say those in the prep, proper order, which I'll right. know you'll correct. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. You said what, them in the exact opposite order. Opposite. But for the dyslexic person who's listening, they got you <laughs> got it right. So you're you're good. Not yeah, to knock exactly. on dyslexia, but you get what I'm saying. I, if, if you think things backwards, you got that one perfect. <laughs> and I often do. So thanks for pointing that out. Um, so what is one of what is the one area in your earthly nature you're working through these four A's on right now? Yeah, so we talked about earthly nature, and we just said, listen, the, the first thing you got to do is really identify, right? We put that jacket on that had all those things of our earthly nature listed all, on the back of it. And the first thing is, listen, you, you have to acknowledge that you have an earthly nature. Like, there's got to be some acknowledgement in you. David said in Psalm 51.3, my sin is always before me. Like, there's got to be an acknowledgement. There's some things in my life that shouldn't be there if I want to be with Jesus. You go a step further and say, there's some things in my life that will not be there when I get to heaven. So why don't I start dealing with those now? So you've got to acknowledge. My sin, David says, is always before me. And then you've got to admit it to somebody close to you. James said, we've got to confess our sins to each other. We've got to pray for each other so that we can be healed. We had our staff leadership today uh, having our monthly prayer time, and we took 15 minutes as a staff team to confess our sins out loud in prayer while we were praying with each other um, so that we could find some spiritual healing. It's good to tell someone, hey, I'm struggling with this. This thing in me I know won't be in me in heaven, so could you kind of help me with that here? Um, address what needs to change. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, 
If anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. News come, the old's gone. So how's the old going to go away? You got to address. Um, you know, I, I don't just acknowledge I have sin and tell someone I have sin. I address. How how am I going to get rid of this? How am I going to keep knocking it off me? You know, we talked about that spider web. Sin needs to feel like a spider web. That you know, not only are you aware that it's on you. But even after it's off of you, you want to make sure it's off of you, like right for the next hour. Anything that touches you, you're trying to get it off of you. That's how we should deal with our sinful nature. I've got to address this has to go in my life. And then the accountability from a trusted friend or family member, Ecclesiastes 4.12, which I've already quoted is, hey, hold me accountable in this. Keep, you know, make sure because this is important to me. Make sure you kind of keep this on the forefront of our friendship. What's the one area of my earthly nature I'm working through right now with our elders and our staff team? We're going through this exact thing. Um, you know, I, I've asked our elders and our staff team, and it came up in a February Bible study of ours. Uh, our whole February Bible study was walking with God. How do you walk with God? And what do you need to do better to walk with God? And for me, I want to do better at producing fruit under pressure. Um, Tim Keller says your true character is revealed under pressure. Everyone has good character on in, in good times. Who are you when you're the most stressed, when you're the most tired, when you're the most angry, when you're the most upset? The person that comes out then, that's the real you. And when I read that in my Proverbs devotional this year, I was deeply, deeply convicted because I'm a way better Christian when things are good than I am when things are stressful. And I thought, I want to have better fruit under pressure because that's the only thing that shows that I've really changed. So I, I ask our elders, I want you to ask me when we meet, how's my fruit under pressure? I ask our staff leadership team the same thing. I want you to ask me, how am I doing when there's fruit under pressure? And I can say, you know, after acknowledging that, admitting that, addressing that that needed to change and asking people to hold me accountable. It's not been fixed, but I'm way more aware of it now um, than I've been. I, You know, I find myself stopping in the midst of getting ready to produce negative fruit under pressure and thinking, wait a minute, this isn't who I want to be. Uh, on spring break this year, um, you know, we were running late. We were going to meet my mom and dad for, for dinner somewhere. Uh, and I told Danielle and the kids, this is what time we have to leave the outlet malls to go. Uh, and Danielle made one more stop by a store to try on one more thing. And we were just, we were like three minutes late. It wasn't that big a deal. But, I, you know, my OCD, like, I've got to be on time. It's just something in me that it's respectful and honorable to be on time. And to be on time is to be early, right? And to be to be right on time is to be late, and to be late is disrespectful to who you're meeting. That's just been drilled into me my whole life. So I just kind of acted like a maniac. Um, you know, I wasn't rude, but like I could have won a speed walking Olympic competition heading out of the mall. I walked at a pace that was, you know, almost a jog that my family could not keep up with. And I did it to send a message that, you know, y'all were late. So now you got to keep up. Danielle and Christian didn't even try. They're like, dad's being crazy. You know, he'll come pick us up in the car. Casey, unbeknownst to me, was trying to keep up with my speed walking. So I get to the car. I slam the door. I throw it in reverse to go pick up my family, who I think is probably hundreds of yards behind me. And I didn't realize Casey had been trying to keep up with me, was right behind me, and I almost backed into her with the car. And when I see her standing there with a frightened look on her face, like she was chasing the devil incarnate, but it was me, um, I just was aware again 
I need to do better here. So I, I sat my family down after that night, and I, I told them, I acknowledged, guys, here's something God's really working on me. When I get stressed, sometimes I don't respond well. Um, you know, I ask all of them, hey, I want you to hold me accountable, and, and I want to apologize in advance. I'm working on this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better, but I want all of you to feel free when things are tense and you don't feel like I'm being my best self spiritually, just tell me. Dad, relax, because we know this is a goal of yours. So, I mean, that's going on in my life right now. That's like February to the to the moment we're recording this podcast for real right now with me going on trying to subtract that from my life so I can add more of Jesus in. That's good. Well, I feel like um, since you've mentioned that and we're so transparent, I feel like I get one free pass of being late to a meeting because you, you just said that. So thank you. You can you can try and we'll see we'll see how that we'll see how that works and make sure I'm having a good day that day. Yeah, right. Well, last question today. We wrapped up our message by listing out five critical areas that we need to continually pursue the spiritual nature through. Um, number five is learning how to be patient with people, how to forgive people, and how to love people like Jesus does. How do we learn to be patient with people? I mean, forgive people and love people like Jesus. This is this one personally I struggle with. Sure, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this a lot more in my dysfunctional family, but the reality is to be patient with people, forgive people, and love people like Jesus does. You have to see them like Jesus sees them, and this concept that we've been teaching now for a few weeks, this concept of original sin, right? That people were born broken. It doesn't give people a pass for why they act the way they do for why they're broken the way that they are, for why they treat you the way they treat you. It doesn't give them a pass, but it gives you an understanding, right? Because of sin, they're broken. Because of sin, I'm broken, but Jesus loved me anyway. You say, well, how long? As long as it took. Jesus loved me anyway. How long? As long as it took. Well, Jesus forgave me anyway. How many times? Jesus said 70 times 7, which basically was a way of saying to infinity and beyond, right? That was his Buzz Lightyear comment. You know, Jesus said, you're going to forgive somebody as many times as they sin because that's how many times I'm going to forgive you. And you say, well, how deeply do you love them? How deeply has Jesus loved you? See, if you will see people like Jesus sees them, which means seeing people the way Jesus sees you, broken but lovable, um, more broken than you ever could have imagined, but more lovable than you ever could have imagined. Um, probably more offensive, more hard-headed, um, you know, more brutal towards you emotionally than you ever could have imagined. Um, all of those things are who we've been to Jesus. But he sees us and he loves us. And when we understand that people's brokenness and how they treat us, I don't want to say it's not their fault, right, because people are responsible but when we realize the ultimate cause of that is sin, and it was caused by rebellion to God, and the ultimate answer to that is Jesus, right? Not just them growing up, but the ultimate answer to brokenness and people trying to break me. The ultimate reason for that is sin, and the ultimate answer is Jesus. And Jesus did that for me. It just allows you to maybe be a little more patient. It just allows you to be a little more loving. It just allows you to be a little more forgiving because you realize it's not personal. You know, it's not personal. It's sin. Now, to them, it might be personal, but it's because they're living in sin. They don't yet know what it means to love like Jesus loved. So we, we've got to see we've got to see everything that we're in as a spiritual battle. 
Ephesians 6 says we've got to look beyond people to the reason behind why people do what they do. And, and deep down, it's sin. And we've got to get to the core of sin by allowing Jesus to have more of us and helping us see them like Jesus sees us. Pastor Christian, thank you so much for being very practical um, with us today. And we want to thank you for listening to the podcast as well. We really hope our conversation today has been valuable to you. And if it has, would you get the word out about it? Would you share it with some of your friends and some of your family members? That just helps us get this resource into more people's hands. Um, Again, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Also, if you have enjoyed this podcast, help us get the word out and show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. Please share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.